0: This is Our Border Live from Borderscene.com The August 3, 2019 mass shooting in a local Walmart in El Paso, Texas is a day the borderland will never forget. The peaceful community was shattered by one of the deadliest attacks against Latinos in modern U.S. history that left 23 people dead. In the years since the attack, El Pasoans have embraced the motto of El Paso Strong to show the love and unity that is helping them to slowly heal. That love and unity can be heard from a listener who called into a local public radio station, KTEP, just a few days after the shooting to share a message of hope for El Paso and the rest of the world.
1: For all peoples of
2: color and all white people who genuinely want to be healed from the effects of racialization and white supremacy, we can heal together because it is a we, us, and our endeavor. Eternity I am, and I am sending rays of healing, love, and light to everyone in our powerful border city. Let us come together so we can overcome because we have to be the change that we want to see. Blessings to everyone. Thank you and God
0: bless. Hello, welcome to a Border Live Podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Hernandez. This episode reflects on the one-year anniversary of a Paso Walmart mass shooting when a 21-year-old man drove from Allen, Texas, to El Paso after writing a manifesto saying his intent was to kill Mexicans. As part of the process of understanding how the tragedy has affected us, I spoke with my friends Victoria Almaguer and Anaí Diaz about that day and how it changed us. We began our conversation by recalling where we each were that day. Victoria says she heard while she was at a local hospital where her pregnant sister was going into surgery as the facility went into lockdown.
1: It was hard because well, we had the shock where they told us, like, you know what, she she has to go into surgery right now. And like it wasn't a matter of life and death between the baby and her. And then the shock that this actually um, guy is doing what he's doing in the Walmart shading. Like Vicky,
0: that morning, Anai also found herself on lockdown inside El Paso Food Bank where she was volunteering.
2: I remember that we were about like an hour in to the community service event, and uh, people just started getting notifications. And people started, you know, saying there's an active shooter inside the Cielo Vista Walmart. And everyone just kind of stopped what they were doing and started calling their family members just because that is a popular Walmart.
0: As for me, I was in downtown El Paso at the Plaza Theater after having won tickets to the local film festival. They said like, oh, there's an active shooter. But I thought, I, I honestly thought there was just like someone fighting with some other person. And then... I started to get more information, and my mom called me, and she was like, where are you? And I told her, like, I'm at the plaza. She was like, that's like a very dangerous place to be because you're like, I don't know, in a room, and it's hard. Like, if something happens, it'll be hard to get out of there. As the news continued to evolve that day, we, along with the rest of El Paso, learned that this was an act of hate specifically meant to target our community. For the first time in our lives, we did not feel safe in El Paso. I don't know, it was weird for me feeling unsafe in the city that it was supposed to be like the safe city. And I mean, Juarez was supposed to be, I don't know, more dangerous. And at that time it felt like the safe city.
1: Like how you say it, like it's, it's ironic that we're like the safest place in the world and the dangerous place in the, in the world is like on the other side of the bridge. But that day like that changed.
2: Yeah, I think it for sure changed. We always talk about El Paso and it being a bubble, kind of like its own little world where everyone, like you said, feels safe because it is known as one of the safest cities in the world and things still happen here. We're not immune to violence or danger, but you just don't see things like this happening here. And so I think that day, it was just eye-opening for all of El Paso, knowing that we are a safe city, but we're not safe from the rest of the world.
0: The bubble Anaí is referring to is the one El Pasoans are often known for living in. Unlike other places in the U.S., overt racism and discrimination against Latinos is rare in the borderland of El Paso and Ciudad Juarez, where the majority of the population is Hispanic. We were
2: angry that our community was kind of invaded. We were angry that um, something like this happened in our city, in our safe city. But I think most of all, we were angry that this was an act of racism. And it's something that is so deeply rooted in our country and in our world that you just know this won't be the last time that we as a minority will be the target again.
0: I don't know, I I always felt like There was discrimination and I read about it and sometimes I felt it against Latinos and Hispanics, but I always thought it was like somebody else. I started double guessing if I wanted my future to stay in the US. I mean, I'm never going to have the perfect accent. I'm never going to change my last name. Like I'm always going to be Mexican. In the hours that followed the shooting, people in El Paso and its sister city of Juarez, Mexico, turned to finding ways to help each other. They stood in long lines to donate blood, raise money for the victims and their families, and organize vigils. We all came together as a community, and not not only El Paso, also Juarez. So it was almost like the border disappeared,
1: and it was just one city. They were all so supportive. And it was just that unity that we were talking about, that unity that I did I haven't really seen in others in other cities. We are just a really unique community, and we're rooted to helping others. We're rooted to to be there for our brothers and sisters.
0: The makeshift memorial of flowers and posters that went up on the site after the shooting is gone. And the 30-foot tall Candela was built in the victim's honor. More than three months after the attack, Walmart
1: remodeled the inside of the store and reopened its doors to the public. When they reopened, I I was really mad. (laughs) I was really upset uh, because I don't think that they're, in a way, honoring the lives of those people.
2: I don't know. I feel like I'm conflicted about it just because I think it's something that should have been left up to the family members and how they wanted to handle it. I can understand why people want it up just so that, you know, the shooter doesn't get the last word. But I can also understand why people want it down because it is it is a pain and it's something that we're dealing with every day till this day.
0: I think it was also uh, what Anais said that I didn't want to give importance to the shooter because that's what they are looking for. They're looking for coverage. They're looking for to be their five minutes of fame as if he was gonna win. Thanks to him, a whole Walmart shut down and uh, people lost their jobs. Aside from the physical changes, my friends and I have seen in the city that now has signs everywhere with the words, El Paso Strong, something inside of us has also changed.
1: I make a list now. I didn't used to make a list. Now it's like, okay, I need to buy this, 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 and this, and that's it. Like, I'm out of there. I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm not going to, you know, risk my life, I guess you can say. And I think that that's, that's that's, that's what we've become, you know, we've become just aware of, more aware of our surroundings just for safety more than
2: anything. Yeah, and I feel like it also started a conversation within families. I remember my mom telling her, she's like, if that ever were to happen to us where where we were in that situation, just know that I'm running for my life and know that you're running for your life and know like, I have to look for my mom Where I have to look for my dad. Where are they? Like, no, just like everyone run for themselves because there is no time.
0: Anaí took the opportunity of the anniversary of the shooting to talk with her family about how this hate crime burst the bubble, of protection they had felt in this city. Here is their story.
2: My family has called El Paso a home for 20 years. It's a quiet city where we respect each other. We're a very friendly and very affectionate city. That's my mom, Lily. She moved here with my dad, Jose, after living in Ciudad Juarez most of their lives. They had three daughters. Melanie's my oldest sister. El Paso, in its name, it's the pass between two cities. It's uh, living with two cultures, living with two worlds. Then Kimareli. It's just safe, loving, and caring community. I'm the youngest. Growing up, my parents taught us to appreciate the uniqueness of our border city. I always assumed they were talking about the beautiful orange and pink sunsets or the city's majestic mountains. Now I understand they also meant its richness as a place where two countries and cultures blend into one, or as my dad puts it. It's a city
1: of many languages, races. It's a city of many languages, of different races, and we can all sit at the same restaurant and enjoy each other's company.
2: My dad's been a truck driver for more than 25 years. He used to tell us about traveling outside of El Paso, the stares he got, the remarks he heard. That kind of discrimination isn't something my sisters and I experienced here, where more than 80% of the population is Hispanic. We thought we never would. That changed on August 3rd of last year. At a Walmart, my family on both sides of the border went to dozens of times. Here's Melanie. Uh, I think everybody's first instinct is to think that it's a hoax, but it quite fast became a real hard-hitting reality. 600 miles away, in Denver, really worried our parents or grandparents could be there.
1: It was a very sad thing to watch and not be able to be there with your community, with your loved ones.
2: As the news came in, we started to realize this was an act of hate targeting our community. We mourned the victims, realizing this tragic event, driven by racism, had finally burst El Paso's bubble. My sister Adelie says she'd never experienced this type of hate before. Because in El Paso, you're you're around your people. There's no such thing as hating Mexicans because we all
1: grew up with the same culture.
2: My dad's view is different. When he moved here from Juarez, he quickly realized the role language, plays and how you're perceived, and heard the comments that would follow for not mastering English. While he says racism does exist in El Paso,
1: It's not noticeable. It's not seen.
2: Even he didn't think this type of violence would reach his adopted home. August 3rd made us realize that El Paso is not immune, and that we can be targeted just for who we are. Here's my mom, the vice principal of a preschool ran right next to the border wall. It's inevitable to go out to the stores and think that perhaps behind you is a person with bad intentions. As an educator, I think schools are susceptible places for these kinds of things to happen. I feel vulnerable being there and in great fear that something could happen to our children. We're all more aware of our surroundings. El Paso has also changed. You find increased security outside of Walmarts and see the 30-foot-tall Candela built to honor the victims. You see El Paso strong written on every other billboard across town. You also feel the strength and unity a city has found through laws and even more pride in who we are. A lot of us have this sense of responsibility to export our values and let everybody else know what El Paso is like. That's my sister Melanie again. I think that we've all come together and realized what an example our community is to what the future can hold and what a community with immigrants coexisting can look like. In a way, I hope my community never fully heals. I hope we stay angry and use that anger and pain to demand change. We're not immune to what happens in the rest of the world. We can never go back to that bubble. I'm in El Paso.
0: El Paso has long been known for the kindness of its people that is helping to revive the bubble of optimism here. But this time, it's different. The bubble has been polished from the inside to have a better view of the outside. It's a bubble that now works to show what a community united by culture and traditions can look like. What respect and acceptance of one another's
1: difference can do to help our entire country do better. I think it's really opened our eyes to... Um, the hate that we can receive. It's broken down so many things, but in a way it's unified so many people to move, you know, not past this, but maybe in a way towards this, towards these conflicts and be able to resolve them as as much as possible. These shootings
0: and the issue with gun control is something that it's worth discussing and at least bring into the table just to make sure if it's worth it and if lives are being lost in vain or is it actually the freedom that americans have to own guns if that right is still relevant or if it's still sustainable for our society i think el paso has realized that you know we
2: we are a target but in a sense we also need to uh, create change that allows us like people that look like us to have a seat at the table and people who have been affected by situations like these and discrimination and racism to have a seat at the table and ask for the changes that we can only ask for because we have only experienced them. Um, And so that's my hope for El Paso and I I hope it continues to remain strong and I hope it continues to remain um, the beautiful city that all three of us know. And I wish the same for Juarez
0: This year, as El Paso and the rest of the world navigate through the COVID-19 pandemic, the community will be social distancing and holding virtual memorials to remember those who were lost in the attack. But regardless of where people find themselves on August 3rd, whether it's at home in El Paso, across the border in Juarez, or a few feet away from the Candela at Walmart, we will stand united by a way of life that ties us together and makes us stronger. Our Border Life is a podcast about life on the U.S.-Mexico border. It is produced by multimedia journalism students at the University of Texas at El Paso. For more information, visit borderscene.com. Music for this episode included Live Your Own Life by Texas Radio Fish under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike License.